This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! And now it's time for Coach Hogg's locker room. Good morning, good morning. Hope you all had a very good Christmas and you're not overstuffed with cookies and cakes and pies as I am. Uh, Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Man Cave, actually Coach Hall here for their first part of the show today in the Melon Law Studio at 352-325-3938 and uh, a foggy, groggy day here in North Central Florida. Probably zero visibility out on the roads, but... Um, you know, kind of pleasant, kind of warms uh, the world with a little blanket there of mist. So um, that's where we are here in the piney woods of North Central Florida. And um, as I say, I hope you had a uh, great activity and didn't violate too many COVID mask rules and all that, uh, which uh, run from the sensible to the hysterical. And you have to make your own choice about what you want to abide by, I guess. Um, the, today's story is called the dishonest narrative. I think you'll understand that as we get into it a little bit, what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, you'll be able to uh, discern for yourself what, what we're doing. Um, it's, um, it's um, good morning, Ken and everybody and Janet and, and uh, a lot of people checking in. Good morning. Having a, hope you're having a great day today. Um, the, um, I just want to start off with something about poor old Coach Meyer. Poor old Coach Meyer, right? I mean, come on. The guy has got, uh, as these coaches do uh, here in Coach Hogg's locker room, uh, more money than uh, the law allows, you know. So, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, nevertheless, you know, uh, it's nothing like kicking a dog when he's down. And we've got that situation here. Uh, Gainesville's son has uh, been, you know, had a miserable presentation over the holidays it, it didn't have a hard copy and and um, you know a bunch of other things were kind of screwballish they had an abbreviated digital version but finally I think they got their act together and, and made a presentation yesterday um, in the paper of someone but it had an article in there uh, by uh, Gene Fournette about <laughs> poor old coach Meyer and I'm telling you it, it, the guy didn't mince any words and I, I ran across a, a, a sentence um, that I think is probably one of the most, uh, it's either a tremendous compliment if you're a thief and a crook and a uh, person who is uh, proud of uh, Jesse James' uh, reputation and all that, or it's really a, a damning thing or maybe means nothing in the coaching world. But um, um, Gene Fournette wrote that um, the optics of um, Meyer's life here in a, last 13 games with the Jaguars and all that business um, and him being a three-time uh, coach and all that kind of business, uh, national champion. Um, the optics, nevertheless, are really bad. And here are, the, here are the words that he uses to describe Meyer. And I, I had to stop. You know, I mean, I, I, I got to share these. It's all out in the public. You know, it's a Fournette's article. But um, – Man, what a bunch of words. Meyer has been cast. You ready for this? Meyer has been cast as shady, <laughs> disloyal, <laughs> self-absorbed, just disingenuous, a bully, a philanderer, <laughs> and maybe most damning of all, unaccountable. I, I ran across that sentence and said, wow, now this guy is really puts together 
um, in a series here. <laughs> uh, let me read it again. Meyer has been cast as shady. And you, as I go through them, you can agree or disagree or um, disloyal, self-absorbed, disingenuous, a bully, a philanderer, and maybe most damning of all, unaccountable. And uh, the point of the article is, as Frenette points out, that despite those unflattering traits, what would be unflattering to most people, okay, in most professions, despite those unflattering traits, which have been exposed under a national spotlight, uh, don't be surprised if the guy coaches again. And not just coaches again, but coaches in some prominent place. You know, McElwain got booted down to a lesser league, but he's still coaching. Um, a must champ, chump, crap, whatever, is still coaching. Uh, they all still coach. Um, they don't necessarily pop to the top of a big school again, but they stay in the loop. They stay inside the fraternity. They stay inside the profession. It's almost impossible to get kicked out of it. Um, and and uh, Meyer probably, according to Fournette, don't be surprised if he gets another chance. Now, he may not get the chance ever again in the pros. He may be one of these guys that just can't do it. Um, and then Fournette goes on to to talk about some characters that are pulling pull off some pretty, I mean, Bobby Petrino. i never forget the picture of him riding on a motorcycle with his concubine on the back. It was some swimmer from the University of Arkansas that he was admittingly having an affair with. And um, they were eventually run out of Dodge. And what does Petrino do? He shows up in coaching again. Um, he, uh, Right back, I think it was at Louisville. So uh, here, here is uh, here's a, here's the facts. Um, this guy uh, um, uh, Meyer has got, according to Frenette, an eight a point eight five four win percentage at four college stops. Um, he was at Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. And uh, Frenette is betting the guy will the guy would be back in coaching. Uh, somebody will pay him an arm and a leg to come back into the circle of um, the chosen few and uh, be uh, involved once again. Now, you know, as shady characters go and disingenuous people go, we can't escape the, the uh, Wall Street Journal's analysis lately of Colin Kaepernick. And this guy is really got a set of them. He really thinks that he is able to, well, let's see if I can put myself in his brain, which is hard, change the NFL or uh, perhaps um, um, take his way of behaving and exponentially re get a monetary return on him. He's, he, he's even um, started to link up, this is the point of this article, with a company called Change Company, the Change Company. Um, and it was a California lender that focused on minority borrowing. Um, and uh, they thought that the National Football League reject, who had social justice activism as a brand, uh, could make a good marriage between uh, this uh, uh, California lender and Kaepernick. And, you know, I guess in, in a... I hesitate to use the word normal world. Um, these celebrities can get away with peddling just about anybody, uh, anything. They've got the local example right now, this Richardson kid, who is really unproven and may not even you know, be the quarterback of choice next year by the time we finish with this uh, transfer portal. Um, and the guy is already out driving a a truck and advertising for a dealership here. And, and so, so we are in the world, let's face it, we are in the day and time when uh, if you're a jock, just about anybody, and you can't really do any harm, just about everybody wants to pile on and be associated with you and, and wants to be a sponsor. Uh, you really don't even have to go looking for sponsors 
in in the in the world of uh, professional athletics or even amateur now, which are now professional, because there are so many business people out there who could care less about any other um, criteria uh, other than the fact that you are well known and people hero worship you. So, uh, and, and it really doesn't seem to have an age limit. So, but this deal, believe it or not, Kaepernick refused to um, go along with the merger. And uh, the, one of the reasons why, and you know, I got to almost take my hat off to the character for this. One of the deals was that he had to sit for a, one of these phony interviews, fake interviews, with George Stephanopoulos on Good Morning America. And Kaepernick declined to participate in those interviews. And they were going to get this now. Cephalophilus, and this is really revealing. Um, he acts as if he's just a, 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 a reporter, right? Um, getting ready to talk about or interview an interesting character. But he is a paid reporter by Change Dot Company, Change Company Dot, uh, to, to pose as a reporter to interview Kaepernick on what you think is a, well, I don't know, it kind of bills itself as a news show. I guess it isn't. It's an old-timey variety show, really. Um, and Kaepernick has got more I, I, hate, I hesitate to use the, the, the word ethics, um, but he's gotten more, he's more principled than Good Morning America is, Change Company is, and certainly as Stephanopoulos is. You know, he has been a, 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 a pimp for the left forever. And um, so the deal's now dead, and Change Company is trying to figure out a way that they can get this guy Kaepernick back and uh, uh, Kaepernick is all about, uh, 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 and this is why they thought it would be a good merger, special purpose acquisition companies. Um, and they are green energy companies and um, things like that are really being piled onto by the jocks. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, Rodriguez, uh, um, they, they get into making deals with these companies because they all think that they're all betting that this green energy thing and this uh, this deal for the, the you know the minorities being hustled by the successful is the way to go, and so they reach out to these brand creators, these celebrities that they think well, and Kaepernick balks because he won't sit down there and talk to Stephanopoulos. Now, I I I never thought I'd reach a day where. I had to say something about Kaepernick that, you know, I was agreeing with. But that was certainly would be one of the ones I'd agree with. George Stephanopoulos, the phony, is going to act as if he's just an interviewer when he's really being bought and paid for by the change company. Um, so uh, this is um, uh, this has really been unresolvable so far uh, for Kaepernick and the change executives. Um they, they really can't figure out a way that uh, um, uh, this was not in character for Kaepernick, uh, why he wouldn't have cultivated his image and why they couldn't have gotten Stephanopoulos to create a social justice narrative. Uh, this is why I'm talking today about the dishonest narrative. This kicks off the show here in Coach Hogg's locker room with the dishonest narrative. Now, the hapless fool who watches the brain sucker every day that is the television set, and who believes everything on the television. You know, one of the things that always got me, I have intelligent, I guess they're intelligent friends. Um, um, the medical doctors, a couple, three of them, they would, they would sit and laugh wholeheartedly well, uh, at, these sit, at these comedy sitcoms that have phony laughter and phony applause and all that. It wasn't funny worth a damn. I mean, I, I don't get it. And, you know, so I guess Kaepernick's standing a cut above of those people. Um, he doesn't like scripted appearances. Um, he has, uh, um, you know, so he's thumbed his nose at this. And uh, there it is. It's, uh, um, 
big money here was at stake. And uh, um, so maybe he's standing out in relief against so many of these people who uh, are willing to sell themselves for, to anybody for anything to the highest bidder. Uh, that's the way they live their lives. Uh, that's the way they are accustomed to doing business. And yet that was amazing that he balked at that. Meanwhile, the Gators, of course, I'll cover just a moment of them. They're in complete uh, confounding disarray. They're in more disarray than the change company. They are now being talked about out in the public by the professional uh, sports pundits as being pretty hapless, as having, you know, you got a guy like Jones who, who, is, who stinks up the place during the the um, Gasparilla Bowl. Um, a lot of these bowls really shouldn't even be around, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But, um, you know, he stinks up the place, and um, um, the, the kid who's selling the truck doesn't even show up on the squad, and, and it seems to be a gross. And then they get into a shoving match at the end of the, you know, a ghetto shoving match out at the end of the, game instigated and started by the Gators. Um, Gators used to take the approach when Coach Graves was here and Coach Graves learned from Bobby Dodd uh, to, be act, to, to act as gentlemen. And uh, uh, that, that you can forget that. that. That is long, long gone. I don't know of any coach we've had here recently to who would uh, ask his players to uh, compete comport as gentlemen. Um, the, 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 the last thing we have now at Florida are players who are gentlemen. And I'm just focusing on the football today. Um, they, they just really are ruffians and, and uh, uh, classless in terms of the standards you would think that the University of Florida would want to represent them. Um, this guy Napier, I don't know, maybe he can walk on water. I, I don't know that I, uh, I, I'm, I've been burned so many times. I'm not ready to jump on his boat yet either. Um, he's got to be able to come in there. Hey, listen, um, uh, you know, somebody was poo-pooing Central Florida that they can't get it done. For the listen, Central Florida's got Orlando. If you're a kid, and you want to come to school and go out to the bright lights, you go to Orlando. You know, don't think, by the way. That Orlando and University of Central Florida can't become the premier college team. Um, they can with some mishandling here. There's nothing sacred about University of Florida's football tradition. If it's not protected and nourished and, you know, wisely conduct, you can't let these guys carry on like they do and represent this university. Um, but that's, that's one of the problems that's going to face the new coach. Now, the college playoff system is even, I don't know how you feel about it. I, you know, it's a money-making deal, and, and that's what's all about the money. But they are in trouble because of COVID. Um, I heard just today that several bowls have been canceled. Uh, they probably never should have been scheduled to begin with. But we're just going to focus on the big ones today because uh, Lane Higgins has written about this. And we're talking about Georgia and Michigan, Alabama, and Cincinnati. And the issue is how, if you're coaching them, are you going to prepare for uh, COVID protocols? Um, you know, one of the early things that Lane Kiffin got done at Ole Miss is he got his entire team and his entire staff vaccinated. Well, some of the schools now have a pretty high rate of vaccination. I think Alabama's about 98%, but nevertheless, some of the players are testing positive for COVID. And um, Georgia's quarterbacks were sent into contact tracing protocols. And that made the idle last week of December a, a very, very, uh, you know, mysterious place because you've, you've got to get ready for these games. Uh, and there's so much money and so much at stake here. Um, unlike the professional leagues, the professional leagues now have a, uh, a standard protocol, uniform health protocol for COVID. Uh, and whenever you see a guy like Aaron Rodgers, no matter how good he is, and he's good, 
uh, I reluctantly have to admit that because I'm not a big fan of his. But, uh, um, you know, one of the weird things is that Aaron Andrews went over and embraced him after they were supposed to be 10 feet apart. Um, that, that shot her down in my eye quite a bit. Um, something and I don't I don't think that's that was professional of her to do that. Um, and so there there and, you know, it might hurt her some. I mean, it hurt her some in my eye anyway. Who am I? Huh? But uh, there are no health protocols standardized. So the coaches are left up uh, to their to their own programs. And this complicates the matters uh, for the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, because uh, the participating schools are going to determine their own testing uh, regimens. And um, uh, in, uh, none of the playoff contenders requires COVID testing for players unless they're unvaccinated, symptomatic, or have been identified through contact tracing as having close exposure. Uh, so they're all suffering, if you will, from COVID fatigue, and this is going into this big money-making deal known as the college playoffs. Uh, each of the four schools uh, has slightly different health protocols. Um, the uh, Michigan school, it seems to be the strictest. It's uh, 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 keeping its athletes uh, uh, in Ann Arbor, not letting them go home over the holidays to be their families. Uh, Saban said he didn't have the heart to do that with the Alabama players, so he let them go on home to be with the family. And um, um, he said that 90% of, uh, of his team was vaccinated. And so uh, uh, there you are. You still got a 10%. And if it's your big quarterback, it goes down. Well, then you've really got a problem. Um, so <clears throat> uh, it looks as if, uh, and, and Georgia had gave its players a brief hiatus and uh, encouraged his players to stay uh, uh, above the vaccination rate for 90% to wear masks indoors and stay away from crowded gatherings. So Kirby Smart went a little, uh, a little a step a little farther. Um, but it remains to be seen. This is one of the, this is one of the iffy things um, and Michigan um, uh, has taken the strictest approach. As of Wednesday, the team uh, had not reported any COVID cases. Uh, Michigan uh, is following the guidelines from the university and the county it's in. Uh, and it requires students to wear masks indoors, regardless of vaccination status. And every player on the football team has received a booster shot directive of the University of uh, Michigan president, who stated that all students, all faculty, and all staff will get a booster shot by February 4th or as soon as the booster is available thereafter. Uh, <clears throat> that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the story on COVID and the college playoff, okay? It is, uh, it is um, um, really kind of a murky situation if you think about it. Of course, to um, finish up here, we have a, a report on the hapless Jaguars. I watched them yesterday and tried to discern if there was uh, anything there that they could build on, and it was tough to see. Um, I still don't, I'm not that high on their quarterback pick. Uh, I just don't see him as being um, as good as the other young guys out, and never will be. But you know, so be it. There you are. Um, they're going to have a dismal. They'll get, probably be as bad as the Tampa Bay Bucks, the first version, which was coached by McKay, who came from the University of Southern California, and they picked Steve Spurrier to be the quarterback. And I got to tell you that much of Steve Spurrier's uh, um, physical uh, problems today are from being the quarterback for the Tampa Bay team because they beat him up while he was there. Uh, that's my humble opinion, and I will stick stick to it. Um, the, uh, uh, the, so the hapless Jaguars are um, a toothless, I call them the toothless cats, and um, they, well, they will probably, unfortunately, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still of the opinion that the team is in the wrong town. And, and what I, why I say that is 
the sports team uh, is not surrounded by other sports teams. If you go to New York, of course, you're surrounded by baseball, hockey, a whole bunch of things. Uh, you know, if you, it's just, you go to Kansas city, you know, generally you've got a support team around you, um, uh, that, that has a whole fan base that is sports, uh, enthusiasts in many, many facets. Uh, I can't think of a single thing that Jacksonville's got. It has a Gator Bowl and, and, and then it has, uh, uh, of course, Georgia, Florida. That's it. Um, once upon a time, I'd had a pretty good basketball player there. Uh, who put that Jacksonville U on the map for a while. And uh, that was it. I mean, that's all. It never was built on. Uh, the program never was um, expanded. never became a big national uh, kind of powerhouse. It just had that player whose name is escaping me right now for some reason. Maybe somebody out there has it. But um, uh, we'll be, we'll be, it'll, it'll pop up in a minute. It's not it's not Al Cinder, of course, because that became um, 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 the other NBA guy. So um, I guess what, what, I got, what I've got next is, uh, oh, i got some local stuff. I just want to briefly tell you before a break. Um, we are really, this whole business of um, um, misrepresentation of, of, um, of, uh, of uh, voting is really getting uh, to the place where it's growing in the state. We've got several counties now that we have found um, uh, these problems. And these county as, uh, supervisors of elections um, are going to take this seriously. Let me just list them to you. Um, Leon County, Duval, Lake, Marion, and Sumter County, Alachua County, and Seminole County. Um, there, are, there are voter... I can't use the F word here because uh, the little tin horns are listening to everything I say. So I'll say the uh, voter investigations, let's put it that way. Is, they're now spanning five judicial circuits. All right. Now we started out with this and I'm going to, of course, give credit to the instigator investigator. We started out with this with uh, obvious questionable behavior at the Alachua County Jail. Uh, under the watchful eye of Kim Barton. And we know that a man named T.J. Pichet visited that jail. And we know that the, the exiting the jail was not the same as entering the jail. So that started a lot of the investigation and uh, <clears throat> it has grown and it now spans five judicial circuits. And out of this, we'll be able to tell who the liberal circuits are and who the conservative circuits are by what kind of enthusiasm uh, this investigation is greeted with. And we'll keep you up to date on that. We have our suspicions about that. Uh, you know, where the D's are and where the R's are, uh, the judges might be different and uh, the state attorneys might be different. Uh, certainly we've already experienced that the supervisors of elections are different. So, uh, and some took Zuckerberg money and some didn't. Um, Kim Barton took $700,000 of Zuckerberg money. Marion County took none, okay? But Marion County is Republican. <clears throat> Their supervisor of elections is Republican. Uh, the supervisor of elections here is a Democrat. So we have five uh, judicial circuits right now that are uh, being presented, provided with, evidence that they need to uh, examine legally. And we'll keep you up to date. I'm going to take a short break here. Actually, a little longer break. I, I realize I've been shortchanging myself in productions on break. So um, um, maybe I can weasel out another couple of, couple of minutes. huh? Be right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, 
and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. This out, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Octong, octong, the papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Mach schnell! All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Just trying to collect myself here a little bit. Um, I went over the active uh, uh, voting investigation with you. And um, I'm going to get into education for a minute because there's a couple of things going on in education that are a little disturbing. And, of course, we know there's a lot of things about education that are disturbing. But um, student loans, let me talk about student loans with you for a minute, because there's been a lot of misinformation about student loans, all right? <clears throat> a lot of misinformation, a lot of politicalization. You know, politics will pervert anything. Doug Whitaker checked in, watch it from Mexico. Um, Biden, of course, has a lot of pressure, as you know, uh, from the squad that he's not far enough left. And so they're arguing the squad. Um, just to bring you up to date and give you some background here. That is that the federally held student loan debt is um, should be canceled unilaterally. Um, because of its impact on the working class and minority groups. Now, this is the big buzzword. These are the things, along with LGBTQWXYZ, that are being used by the squad and the far left wing of the Democrat Party to browbeat the world and to provoke wokeness and all that other business that um, ventures out into the culture. It's coming from this far left group that really behaves as communists would behave, uh, believes that uh, there should be no peaks and valleys and people who do better than others. And even down to uh, nobody should have grades and <clears throat> nobody should be required to, um, you know, if you give an A, it stigmatizes the person who got the C, you know, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but this, uh, Federally, uh, uh, federal loan deal is um, one of the reasons why Manchin wouldn't sign off on the Build Back Better uh, because a lot of crap was embedded in Build Back Better. And um, the study being done here by Michael Gasby uh, in the Daily Caller is worth sharing with you students today. Um, the studies have shown, and this is what the studies have shown. Now, remember the day's story is called the dishonest narrative. Now, you tell me if you think this narrative is dishonest, okay? The studies have shown um, that upper middle class individuals and families, uh, they hold graduate degrees, 
hold most of the student debt. In other words, they weren't poor to start with. So when the squad says you have to forgive the debt because it unfairly punishes minorities, the squad, well, you can't say that they're lying because they're not smart enough to know that they're lying. They're mis badly misinformed and don't care to be informed properly because it doesn't suit their political purposes. There, did I say that in such a way that I was fair to everybody? Huh? So according to the studies, the upper middle class holds, and they have the graduate degrees, most of the student debt. Um, of the more than $1.6 trillion in student debt, um, half of it is held by individuals who have pursued graduate degrees. Despite the fact that graduate degree holders constitute only one quarter of the borrowers, 6% of the borrowers owe more than $100,000 in debt. This is all according to the Brookings Institute. Now, furthermore, this debt is being spent, quite a bit of it, at private colleges where it's much more expensive to go to school. So the student loan thing is not dished out according to need, and it's got no strings attached. You know, if you're going to take, if you're from a well-to-do family, and that is means you're upper middle class, and you borrow money to go to graduate school, and you go to a private school, and you don't want to pay it back, or the government wants to forgive it, when your graduate degree from that private school is going to enable you to more than uh, pay it back because the uh, U.S. News and Report has done a study on that. 2020 graduates of private colleges took out roughly $5,500 more on average than 2020 graduates of public colleges. So the people are not poor and they're not minorities. And they're not going to schools that give them a bigger bang for the buck. Unless that bang for the buck translates into earning power, which in turn enables them quite easily to pay back the debt. This is one of the biggest hustle jobs that's going on in the government. Well, there's all kinds of hustle jobs, but this is a huge one. According to U.S. News and World Report study, all graduates are likely to earn more money over the course of their lifetimes than non-graduates. That's a given. But uh, the bachelor's degree will earn more than $1.2 million more than the high school graduate or the GED holder. And the graduate degree holder will earn $1.6 earn million more than the high school graduate. This is according to Georgetown University, so they can pay it back. Now, this, all this economic data, these studies, is available to Alexandra Ocotes, Ocasio-Cortez and the Muslims, Tlaib and what's-her-face. It's all available to them. They know about these things, but it's not politically the thing to chime in on because that's not appealing to your base, which doesn't know what you're talking about in the first place. And furthermore, they'll turn us into the race card, the squad will, because Representative Ayanna Presley uh, uh, was called anti-racist because she was opposed to the student uh, loan gig hustle. And um, Biden, poor old Uncle Joe, of course, he's 
sitting right there in the middle. He'll go with the weather. Now, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. This is the kind of hysterical stuff she comes up with. Teenagers are signing up for hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt. And she says it's a false narrative that student loan debt is for the privileged, calling it a ridiculous assertion. And yet the studies belie her false narrative. Now, you know, the title of the day is the dishonest narrative. <clears throat> The whole world is about storytelling. This show is about storytelling. You listen to the story I'm telling and you make up your mind whether you believe it or not, or you agree with it, or you can modify it. But the story I'm telling today, and I always give you the leads, I give you the titles, I give you hints. The story today, um, and I don't know the answer to this, the foreign student graduate schools, many of them are Asians. That's not in the documentation that I'm using. And that's a good question because I don't respond to a question from you all as good as a question might be if I don't have the documentation to support my opinion. Now, when it's just my opinion, I'll tell you it's just my opinion. And I also will tell you that I'm never wrong. So you know that, right? So I don't have a comment because the documentation I have doesn't have a comment. The focus of this article is the disingenuous narrative of the squad, which is politically pressuring Biden, and you know how dumb he is, um, to do something that's not from giving loans to rich people who will be able to pay them back. Now, here's the other thing that's a kicker in this, right? Um, now, let me just, you know, they bring up in this article, in this narrative also, Senator Elizabeth Warren. If you recall, she promised to cancel all student debt by households with incomes below $100,000 a year and promised to cancel a substantial portion of debt held by households with incomes up to $250,000 a year. Now, the median American household has a yearly income of $67,000. So here's the real disingenuous part of the narrative. The wealthier college and graduate degree holders, guess what? Are more likely to support Democrats. So you see the logic here by, hey, the Democrat wealthier people get the money and go to the private schools, and then perhaps don't ever have to pay it back, even though they could handsomely pay it back. So these people like that are more likely to support Democrats. 56% of college graduates supported Joe Biden. Can you believe it? This is a mind. Well, I can't. <clears throat> 56% of college graduates supported Biden. Why? Because they were taught by college professors. Huh? This was from the Pew Research Center. 67% of voters with postgraduate degrees supported Biden. You see, they, the left has been hard at work casting the image of Trump and the deplorables as low-born people walking on their knuckles. And meanwhile, those people are the ones who make your car run, your air conditioner work. But no, you see how this works? You see, do you understand students how this works? Does it, this is not get through to you? I'm not making this stuff up. And you can take this stuff and refute every bit of it you want to. Let me see what I've got here in my yellow pad. You gods. 
Hannah Jones, let me just go to her. You know, she's the one, the 1619 woman. Let me just take a look at what I, why I put her down here as a, somebody I wanted to respond to, okay? <clears throat> look it up on one of my many computers here. Hannah Jones, here she is. Now, she said something that has some truth to it, except it only has some truth to it. Um, she's the 1619 Project creator and professor, and she was interviewed uh, Sunday, yesterday, on NBC's Meet the Press, and Pam Key has written about this, that parents should not be in charge of deciding what is taught in schools. Now, when you look at that, I agree. Parents should not be taught in charge because I've talked to some K-12 teachers, and God knows parental interference can drive them crazy. Yes, the professors and the teachers should be the ones who make the decision, except that's not going far enough in the discussion um, They're complaining now about right-wing governors who have stepped in. She is. But you have to understand that, that and by the way, we don't have that many professional K-12 teachers. We don't have that. They just don't. They don't want to do it. They can't even get substitutes. They can't even get substitutes. So what is happening, the reason people are homeschooling, is because the government has come in and sided with this critical race theory stuff and the narrative that America sucks. And the school boards have not been free of political interference. In fact, they have sought it out. And we have an excellent example of that here locally. That school board is filled with people from the same party with the exception of the one who is there because of <clears throat> the cheating done uh, by um, you know who? McGraw. Now here's another hustle. I'm just going through disingenuous narratives today. Um, here's another hustle. <clears throat> Joe Manchin is it? I, I don't know where he comes from, but buddy, he's he's just doing the. He's just taking a look at what he's got to work with, and he just he just doesn't make any sense. One of the most dishonest narratives, according to the Wall Street Journal, is the one the squad is spreading about Joe Manchin. Now, the one they're spreading about Joe Manchin is that he's callous about child poverty. And, you know, that's the tactic of the left. Ad hominem attacks, attack the person, okay? Oh, he doesn't care about blacks. He doesn't care about kids. That's what they do. So <clears throat> the child allowance, which Manchin sees as a hustle, um, it's now more of a grant than it is a tax credit. This year it's going to be, it's going to offer $3,600 for children under age six and $3,000 for older children. Some of it's going to be paid in monthly checks, including the parents who owe no income tax. Now the problem with this Build Back Better program, it would have extended the extra cash for another year and that we know was only the beginning. Um, the, the larger allowance effect on poverty is way overstructured, uh, over, overemphasized. Um, the thing that ends up happening is the larger the check, the more the incentive is to not work. Huh? To not work. Now, you start adding up these credits for these kids, and you, you don't have to work. Now, you don't even really have to have a family. 
Now, the University of Chicago has done some calculations on this, and they've estimated that 1.5 million parents will leave the labor force if Build Back Better expands the child tax credit or whatever you want to call it. You know, what are they calling it now? Um, yeah, they're calling it a child tax credit. It's really just a grant that you don't have to pay back. So Manchin, according, you know, he's had the audacity to wonder whether parents who earn $400,000, for example, need government child benefits. The child credit starts to phase out at about $150,000 for married filers. But a $2,000 benefit would remain available even to higher earners. The real political goal here, according to the analysis by the journal, is to hook more families, hook more families on income transfers from the government, no matter what the consequences are. Huh? No matter what the consequences are. And this is a deception that is in the Build Back Better crap that Biden and all of them are crying about, Manchin standing in the way of. The plan is really to extend the allowance every year to 10 years out, which would cost another 1.6 trillion. Meanwhile, here's what we have for social safety nets already. Food stamps, Medicaid, housing subsidies, school lunches, Head Start, child care assistance. These won't cease to exist. And the question is, weren't those programs supposed to eliminate child poverty? The only time there, get this now, you won't hear this. The only time there has been a reduction in child poverty is during the Trump years before the pandemic when Trump had the economy roaring. So if you want to get people out of poverty, hey, all the economic studies show it. Ramp up economic growth and raise incomes. There you go, buddy. A disingenuous narrative. Hey, I got to close out with Uncle Joe and him getting duped um, on his own call to the troops. Can we pull that off um, production? Let's start with let's start with the one with old Uncle Joe doing the thing they all like to do is call some buddy in the service and say, hey, hey, hey. And this guy sneaks in his own conversation. Can we run that? Wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry Christmas you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> yeah. agree. Hey, by the way, where, are you in Oregon? Where's your home? I think we lost him. Yeah. All right. Well, there we are, Joe says. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, one doesn't know whether he knows or doesn't know or up from down. But uh, here's the guy. We got found a clip of the guy explaining why he did what he did. And uh, we're going to try to run that for you now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry Christmas you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thank Christmas you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. That's right. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thank Christmas you. and let's go, Brandon. 
Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> All right. Well, on down in the comments, if we tried to get it up there, I don't think we got it. But um, the actual man who did the calling uh, said that uh, he really didn't have a uh, uh, all that much of a beef with Biden, except that he hadn't done anything productive, hadn't accomplished anything, and and he meant it kind of as a, as a joke, uh, which I think is a, you know he's got he's sort of practically got to say because he's received uh, gotten all these threats from the woke culture. You know we've got this restaurant here in Alachua that uh, courageously puts uh, a Let's Go Brandon entry on the menu and uh, doubles the sales uh, every time it's on the menu. So. Um, you know, this is one of the things that, boy, the, 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 the left would love to stomp out. I mean, they, they just can't stand anybody who doesn't agree with them. And uh, this Oregon dad um, uh, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't agree with them. Now, the, the, the establishment has gotten its two cents in. Let me hunt this up for you because this is, this is so typical. Um, this is what the... Uh, establishment is said about established establishment press um friday evening the uh, establishment media claimed uh, that uh, what uh, the father said to the president was quote unquote you ready for this a right wing slur <clears throat> a right wing slur now that is irresponsible. If they really wanted to determine, and what is right wing, okay? They should go back to the original NASCAR race stands, right? And they should check every single person in the NASCAR race uh, stands who were chanting originally F Joe Biden to see if there were any Democrats chanting. F. Joe Biden, which would immediately dispel the establishment media's claim that it's only the right wing which uses the phrase. I know darn good and well myself, it's not only the right wing that uses the phrase. So um, this is all being once again covered up by the media as it originally was. The reason it ever became a memorable phrase is because the media, and don't ever think, I'll never believe that that reporter didn't know what she did, which was pretty quick on her part, uh, polished it up. And she says, uh, the, the article says in Breitbart, and they're covering what the media did. The, the, the media this says that F. Joe Biden has become a code. Uh, I mean, uh, let's go. Brandon has become an F. Joe Biden code in conservative circles. In conservative circles. ABC News labeled the phrase, quote, a vulgar insult. A vulgar insult. What? I mean, the F-bomb is all over the place. I mean, you, you talk about somebody uses the F-bomb. It's, it's all the Democrat women. Black culture, all over the place. A minority, all over the place. A potty mouth. It's amazing. Today's show... The disingenuous, the dishonest narrative, the dishonest narrative. Well, I got to most of what I was going to cover today. Thanks, production, for helping out so well again. Um, hope you had a Merry Christmas and uh, spread the wealth, spread the news around here. Share this with your friends and keep the cards and letters coming. Um, appreciate it all. Warthog Command Center out.